The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Is the show at? The Action Pavilion, Phoenix, Arizona. In f- Only $341. The city of smoke, man. <laughs> Phoenix is a nasty fucking city. Well, they... they I they, hate they, that city. I got beef <laughs> with Phoenix. I haven't yeah. been there in decades. It's a, last time I was there was 118, and they stopped flights in because the b- Cause wheels were melting, melting to the tarmac. My kid lives there. He rage Oof. moved there. Rage moved? Yeah. Like, I came home one day, and all the shit was gone. <laughs> so. It gets hotter when the sun goes down. It's miserable. Because all the heat comes out of the asphalt. <laughs> so I went you there see in how July, that though. <laughs> Physics. I went there during monsoon, and it was 73 degrees the entire weekend. Oh, my God. In July Good of this you. year. Yeah, I did a show down there. Nice. So, it's fun. I went but to a funeral down there, so funeral. it's kind of the same thing. Same <laughs> Speaking same. of uh, language, we've got seven deadly rule, or are we cool on no, that? Oh, we no, we ass fuck cunt balls dick. Motherfucker. And on that note, we're live. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, good. Much in whiskey real fashion. Um, so typically, I don't know. It, it, of course, I don't listen to the podcast either. I'm assuming um, our guest has not listened to the podcast. We typically just kind of go into some stuff and then we do some introductions. So please feel free to jump in do say whatever you're going to say about any given topic we try to write out at least some fun stuff to do okay. um i was going to i was going to enlighten bobby on the recent Nicki minaj awesomeness Ooh, i'm ready to talk about this okay thank mm-hmm. you um Perfect. so let me let me give us brief synopsis because bobby is <laughs> in his white uh privilege bubble and has no idea what's he's going just on watching right cnn um he's just uh, just uh, listening to wilco <laughs> 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 He's just on t- on Tinder crying with Wilco. That's that's his Twitter <laughs> handle, actually. Um, uh, but okay, so check this out. We all know Nicki Minaj. She's got a butt. We all've seen it. It's, I it's great. I actually haven't ever so, seen a picture of Nicki Minaj's butt. Really? No, I don't you think so. I'll check it out. Google. All right. Um, <laughs> anywho, um, she thought it would be awesome to basically okay. So she, there was the Met Gala. Met Gala is a big deal in the celebrity world. You pay $30,000 to be seen and people take pictures of you. She did not go citing that. Be, she didn't want to go because they were asking for vaccination proof. When in reality, she probably didn't go because she wasn't invited because nobody cares about Nicki Minaj anymore. Anyway, um, that led down into her freely. So she got she got beat up for it. Rightfully so, right? So people were blasting her. And then she posted that a cousin of hers has a friend in Trinidad that got the vaccine right and, and had to tell his wife, newly new her, his newly married wife to him, that it made him what was it? Was it impotent and made his balls, balls swell. 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 
Swelling ball, swollen balls from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it looks like the young man might have had some extramarital affairs and blamed it on the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So she posted that, which was amazing. And she's just getting torched. And because she's getting torched, I'm and, and I'm missing some steps, but Jill can fill you in. Oh, yeah. But then sh- Tucker Carlson <laughs> starts talking about Nicki Minaj in a positive light. Nicki Minaj then... Uh, retweets Tucker Carlson, which, I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's be honest. If t- if old Tucky Poo had his way, she would be in a kitchen somewhere serving food oh. for him. Let's be honest. Oh. He might be a little nationally, yeah, white nationalizing. So. His um, father was world renowned. Yeah, old Swanson a, Frozen Foods, his, man. His Dog father shit. was in that uh, Lady in the Dale documentary. Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah. Totally. His his father was the reporter that sort of was like, "Hey, this is a trans per, or a man posing as a woman." Have you ever seen Lady in the Dale? Have fantastic you seen that? Doc- it's fantastic. But his dad, Excellent. I guess, was a news reporter. He right? was. His name and, was George Carlson, and he was yeah. very, very insistent. I think they said something. He made fifty five segments on this person who was a trans car builder yes and he was obsessed with her completely obsessed like expose and that's tucker carlson's dad no george carlson watch the lady and dale hbo fucking fantastic but um so that's that's that in a nutshell Nicki minaj who hasn't had a good song in probably three or four years and her features have been even less good than the music she's put out on other people's albums she's not exactly on top of the food chain anymore i think megan the stallion took her trophy and said give me that so there is one thing though so this is what's interesting is because you're not really getting the full picture first of all we don't know if she actually got blocked from twitter which is what she's claiming twitter saying they didn't twitter saying they didn't but she's saying that they did and now she's only using instagram and in addition to that she's also claiming that she did didn't say the reason she wasn't going to the Met Gala was because of vaccines. It's because she had a young child. But there's no, I don't know where she said that. Okay. So she's claiming these news articles are all false and they use this Twitter thing. Do you know what the weird thing about writing stuff down is? Other people can read it. Yeah. So. Did you see the tweets? <laughs> yeah. I See, the tweet I saw was the balls tweet. The balls tweet is the magic tweet. I let's didn't be honest. see the Met Gala Magic swelling Trinidadian balls. They, okay? were, they were from Trinidad. Which mm-hmm. might be the title of this podcast. <laughs> it's possible. Um, it's very possible. Um, uh, we, I, I, I just, I wanted to throw that into your lap, Bobby, and just let you absorb it. She's become a champion of free speech. Of free truth speech. and justice in America for the conservative right. For the conservative right. Sometimes the worm turns. It does. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a wet ass pussy. <laughs> um, that was Cardi B, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, but, but yeah, Nikki is being thoroughly because people get canceled quote unquote all the time it's almost become a ubiquitous term for anybody in trouble on social media she is truly getting fucked like by the community by the black community by the by the hip-hop community she's she's an absolute pariah at this point i don't know if there's coming back from this she will always be the swollen balls girl forever i i had a conversation last night with a young lady we were talking about this cancel culture situation and she brought up Rob Lowe. Was this during sex? And then, no. This okay. Was, okay. <laughs> and this is in between. 
Rob Lowe. And, Why would you bring up Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe was so she, young blood on the television. As you guys re- might remember, Rob Lowe got in trouble for having sex with a sixteen-year-old girl on film. On film. On film. But wasn't that like in, was that like the eighties? Yeah, this was, was late eighties, early nineties. Okay. Yeah. And her position was, well, he never got canceled, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, of course he did. Like there was. A decades when he didn't, we just she didn't, was right. didn't have the interwebs yet. And That's she was the only right. difference. Mm-hmm. She was a hundred percent correct. I went back through his IMDb. That motherfucker worked constantly. <laughs> extra hard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was picking up jobs. Well, listen, dude. A la Kardashian and Hilton, and you know, this is a way, a means to an end. All I remember about Jill. That. Do you have any sex tapes coming out? Because uh, I'd recommend it. <laughs> you know what? I'm. So sterile right now. It's just so sad. You yeah. just got sterile walking into the bunker. Yeah, they are yeah. not flattering. <laughs> I mean, do you remember the blurred out I, I, little Rob Lowe dick going across the room? Yeah, like follow the bouncing ball. It was little. Follow the um, small. That's the rumor. He says the little one. It was one pixel. I was like, that's how small. <laughs> that's fucked oh up. Oh my god. Fuck you, Rob Lowe. You beautiful, beautiful man. He looks like, like he's you, 38. Not like us five-pixel monsters. character in everything I'm kind of a six or seven-pixel guy. <laughs> not tooting my horn. Seven's but, uh, good. Yeah, seven. There you go. Seven, seven seven's pixels. Uh, so saith the Lord. Um, <laughs> guys, welcome back to the Whiskey Reel. This is our first kind of reel. What, wouldn't you say, Bobby? Reel yeah, back? Yeah. Back, oh, back? Yeah. Um, we had Bobby was nice enough to put together some uh, greatest hits clips. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Um, we also kind of gave our little mea culpa about being away for so long and explained what transpired. So, we're done with that. We're moving forward. This is a new and arguably improved whiskey wheel. I guess that's up for you guys to decide. Um, and typically, what we do, and I'll, I'll, we have a guest today, obviously, you've heard. That wasn't Bobby with swollen balls that was actually somebody here um to my right is uh you know durango's lothario you guys all know him he's bobbeth van noise he is the bobby duke um he is the provider of all of your anti-bobbies this is bobbeth van noise of the tallahassee van noises that was a new one you like the tallahassee like van noises <laughs> Oh, I come from a long, rich line <laughs> of van handlers, <laughs> buskers, buskers. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what. I'll introduce the guy to my left. Oh, Sir Antonio Branderas of the Roan Branderas. I don't know. Branderas I. The Branderas is. What's it? Is it, is it like I, think the, I think the apostrophe is after the S. So yes. <laughs> yes, you're correct. The general manager of the known and unknown universe. He's the general manager of my multiverse, that's for it. sure. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, and then you can't introduce yourself. It's like when you're at a Japanese restaurant, you can't pour your own sake. So I will introduce the lovely, lovely, talented lady to my left. This is Madam Jill, and I do not know your last name, so you're going to have to help. It's Carlson. No Car- relation. Ah! To <laughs> no yes. wonder you kept it. It's Carlson. <laughs> she is. She is obviously the uh, next in line to the Swanson frozen food fortune. Um, as soon as we can get Tucker out I of the way, compromise my values. For it's absolutely. <laughs> um, Jill's next in line. She is a local comedian who is basically. I, I think I can safely say one of the tips of the spear on the Durango comedy scene. She's a hardworking. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I, I only know her as much as that, and I'll let I'll let you kind of pick up the mantle from there. 
Um, thank you for joining us. Thank this you is a much. new little format that we're doing. Um, obviously, we're, we're kind of switching up, but we love to have talented people on the program to make us sound really good. Thank That's you. the whole point. Well, so. I hope, hopefully we'll do it justice. Yeah, I am Jill Carlson. I have actually been running comedy shows here in Durango since about 2015. Okay. I am the creator of the Four Corners Comedy Festival. I have a hat. Yes, you do have a hat. My sister made those, and I helped her. She said I was really bad at it. But yes, we do have awesome hats. So she's better than your dipshit brother who can't press record? Yeah, okay. she is. Absolutely. I just want to get that We call her the there. platinum child in our family. <laughs> so yes, she is. But no, I also run Comic Uprising. We do local productions around here. And I do a show in Las Vegas called Toxic Femininity. And I'm performing at the Stratosphere next Saturday. Look at that. She's a pro, Vegas, guys. In Las Vegas. She's not busking around like Bobby's relatives. She actually has paying gigs, so suck it. Yeah, after busking for like thirteen years, <laughs> yeah, but yes, exactly. I do. Yes, I do. And do I? Am I? Are you, uh, Bobby? Okay, so this is. Uh, it, let it be known, Bobby and Jill know each other on a outside of this level. Uh, this is the first time I've gotten a chance to meet you. Yes. So I always want to get an opportunity to obviously know what you're all about. You've been doing comedy a long time. I Correct. started in 2008. Okay, so yep. you're you're a vet. I think over 10 years you get your yes. veteran card. Yes. Um, obviously, things are popping off for you. I know it must have been horrible the last year and a half. With the pandemic, it must have been very difficult. You can't do your craft. I've seen a lot of very famous comedians um, almost to the point of breaking down, getting back on stage because they're so nervous. The material's different. People are differently listening to the material. Definitely. Um, there's a lot of people going to comedy shows because it's something to do rather than fans of comedy. And so I've been hearing and been watching some uh, channels by some famous like New York comedians that are like playing to crowds of four, six, eight people. Oh, the club model um, is non-existent. That's non-existent. Yeah. So what 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 have you seen as kind of? Well, I'll tell you. Is comedy different now? It this? is, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think people are trying to hold on to the vestiges of mm. this thing that was. However, as a female comic who is also has a lot of friends who are non-binary and things like that, I think this is actually a positive move for mm. comedy because. Um, People are there. There was a lot of nepotism. There was a lot of you know we're going to put our friends on the show, and that thing all went away. Mm. And I'll tell you, we didn't stop doing comedy at all. We did comedy the entire pandemic. We just did it outside. Right. It was weird. It was like outdoor shows always felt like they were kind of scary. And then I'm like, what the hell? Why not? So we did our first one in July in Cortez. Yeah. Um, the people had a Trump flag out front and my friend joked and said, well, I couldn't find it. You should have told me it was the fourth Trump flag on the right. I would have got right there. <laughs> um, but the people actually liked it. They were worried that, you know, it was going to be a lot of, uh, you know, mudslinging. And they were like, hey, you you were cool. And I said, we're not here to platform. We're here to make people laugh. That's right. that's the, so we moved outdoors. I never knew anything about porta potties. I know all about porta potties now because yeah, I had girl. to start writing them. How many you need to have? How much a handicapped <laughs> one is? Um, but no, we did a ton of outdoor shows, and then when we got the opportunity to start going back in again in March, we slowly moved back into open mics, and now. Here we are. We're going to have a show at DAC. We're going to have a show at Powerhouse Science Center. We're going nice. to have a show at Starlight. Um, and we have our venues. I mean, a lot of our venues closed, which makes me sad. Like, Down the Rabbit Hole, Irish Embassy, right. those places. Henry H. Strader Theater. That was where we did our festival. And I walked in there the other day, and they've walled it completely yep. off. You can't even get through. And I was like, oh, It made me sad. Fucking Anisis. 
Those well, bastards. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But I no. I don't know any of but those. But I mean, <clears throat> it's it's been a change. However, I think people, uh, we have this like sick addiction to this thing we do where we're like, we're going to do it anyway. And so I am incredibly proud of the Durango scene. These kids have been working their asses off. Like they are writing clever material, funny. We are packing out. Uh, open mic on a Monday, 10 minute sets, everybody's wow. bantering. And I feel like it's a really unique and kind of cool direction that things are going to head. I'm excited to see what happens. I have no idea what it's going to look like on the exactly. other side. Yeah. But the days of you have to put your time in and do your dues, I don't think that's there anymore. Hmm. If somebody's funny and they're willing to work, it doesn't matter if they've got two years in or 14 years in. Right. And I'm that's where I'm seeing the big change. It's... Outside of pre, well, now it's almost like a, you know, um, it's like BC and, you know, it's before Christ and after Christ with this pandemic. <laughs> but pre pandemic, it was becoming very clear that you could have a career, get out there. You didn't have to do per se club dates, even though that's obviously where you, you know, can build yeah. and get better as a performer. But YouTube and guys like Andrew Schultz um, that didn't rely on a special, didn't rely on getting a sitcom, which was what it was like back in the 80s for comics. It, it, it seemed like the landscape had changed already and then the pandemic hit. So it's interesting what you said was you got these old timers that are still holding on to the vestiges Absolutely. of, God, it used to be this, it used to be this. For me and for somebody who's like innovative, um, I could see that as an opportunity to change how this whole process works for comedy. Um, oh, very much. Between YouTube and I, I am always worried about the reaction of the crowd. And if that, it's almost like, it was almost like I've heard stories of comics post 9-11 going up. And what that was like for them, they didn't know, it, what do I say? Is this okay? And it, it's it's sad because as a comedian, I want you to floor me I don't want you to be concerned about what sure. you think I want to hear. So I, I'm always like wondering if everybody's softening the edges a little bit because of this or if, you know. You know, I, I think a little bit yes and no, to okay. be honest with you. Now, we've always had those ones who are so oblivious that they come in and they're trying to flex their muscles, use the N-words, things like that. Right. And even pre-pandemic, that people are like, ah, don't do that. Sure. But – Brian uh, Nystrom, that does uh, you know comedy, has Fuck said that guy. he feels he feels like it's a little <laughs> soft. Like he feels like we're being a little too, you know, maybe generous with our praise of people. Huh. But everybody's just having fun right now. But he's right. You know, if in our Durango bubble, where we all know each other and we all know each other's quirks, maybe we are. Because if they went to Denver, they might not get a laugh. Sure, we know because we know that person's little you know idiosyncrasies. The other thing I would say, too, is that as far as COVID jokes, everyone has one. I can't tell you how many jokes I've heard that are like, so did you guys all get your vaccine? And I'm like, OK, listen, unless you have something clever or innovative to say, <laughs> ditch that shit, because nobody wants to hear about the fucking vaccine. Like, they just don't. There's nothing. Not that it's not something that you could make funny, but there's nothing inherently funny about what just happened no. unless you find that like right way to phrase it yeah. where people are like oh yeah i get it otherwise it just seems kind of stale derivative flat sure and it's, how about what's up with this airplane food yeah it's one of those where it starts to become this well, like 
They did. Well, I went to a festival in Trinidad. They have a bicycle comedy festival. Did you see Swollen Balls? I didn't. I didn't. Fuck. I saw Sam Talent. He's though. a lot like Karen Excellent Top. author. <laughs> Oops. But no, I was going to say, um, with, with the uh, Trinidad Festival, it was a lot of jokes that they had. First of all, I knew a lot of those comics. And I'm like, wow, none of them wrote. None of them wrote over the pandemic. We were writing because I'm here oh, but going like, come on, bring new material. But then a lot of it was COVID. I, I probably heard 40 different. Well, what about your vaccine? What about your vaccine? And I'm like, hey, this is the first event these people have come to in months the right. last thing they want to hear is about what, what we just went good through. point make them laugh you know and so i think you know there's a lot of uh, with the rapidity of news too there's a lot of topical things that change a joke might be funny one week and because our news cycle is so sure. rapid it's next week people are like what are you talking about and so that's another thing i see that's kind of changing where you know back in the day there were those classic comedy tropes things that people could talk about sex you know boyfriend you know divorce things like that and now it's like uh, crypto coin and afghanistan and covid right. and everything's just go Nicki minaj it's going so quickly that really it doesn't give people a, an opportunity to develop a really really good joke because by the time they hone it right. it might not be relevant we did that today we were going to talk about uh afghanistan the last week and the news cycle is so fast i haven't heard afghanistan mentioned in well, the news for a week and a yeah, half that's because joe rogan took ivermectin right after that was it that's what and that's all and, and next week it'll be you know you got Nicki minaj's swollen balls dude i'm this waiting week, for gary Busey and then, to pop into this shit dude, i want it he, he lives under our table in the bunker oh my god <laughs> don't oh, gary, gary Busey. Oh, hey, look, don't How? look at him in the eye <laughs> um we talk we're the whiskey reel we talk about i don't know jill do you partake in in adult beverages or no Typically vodka. Okay. Would you mind having a sip of this? I it's, will try. It's to Irish sip. whiskey. It's probably gonna burn. It's gonna. It's going to burn a little kick bit. You right Am in I your lady to sip dick. It or shoot it. Um, um, just sip it. Sip it. Yeah. Okay. It's it's. We always say you shoot shitty alcohol, you sip good alcohol. Oh. Okay. Um, that's what, that's kind of the key. Particular. This so, is Oidish. Yeah, Bobby, this is tell uh, them about uh, it. Mardu. Um, it's an Irish whiskey that is used. It's starting to show up in a lot of wells. In different bars that I've noticed, which is interesting because usually uh, not Welsh, is, it's a featured, right? <clears throat> it's a featured alcohol. You don't really have an Irish whiskey. Supply chain is interrupted. Uh, yeah, that's part of it. That yeah. may, maybe I don't know. The Irish don't give a fuck. No, they don't. <laughs> um, we did have a time during the Trump years when we were getting hit with the like the tax, the, the EU, EU tax, tax, where Fernet became ten dollars more a bottle. And by the way, anything, they haven't come back off that price. Well, because we're still buying it, mostly yeah. you. Yeah, so it's actually made in Ireland? Yeah. Yes. It's not yeah. American? Okay. So um, Irish whiskey is a, a – there's American what, – what's Amer called American whiskey, then there's bourbon. Yes. And the difference is bourbon is put in a barrel for two years okay. to officially be called bourbon. Okay. Um, and then from there, there's a thousand different iterations of what – it's called the mash bill. So the grains that you use and ferment and distill and the distillation processes are all different. So there's a huge breadth and width of what a whiskey can be. Ireland has a tendency to make a specific style. I wish somebody could – put a, uh, an adjective to describe what Irish whiskey is versus bourbon or American whiskey. We know scotch is peaty. That's scotch whiskey. It's peaty. That, that's because when they distill, they use peat to actually boil. That It imparts that. I, I, I can't put an adjective on, on Irish whiskey. Yeah, it's almost like baking whiskey. 
<clears throat> because of the, it's so like so heavy in vanilla, wine? so heavy in. Well, it's just the barrel imparts a lot of flavors, ah, like okay, caramel, okay, okay. vanilla, nutmeg, cinnamon. Yeah. Uh, American oak can impart coconut, spearmint. There's all these little different nuances that it gives whatever spirit you put into it, and that's also where it gets the color. It's okay. from the barrel. Cheaper whiskeys, they use coloring. So if you get like rock gut whiskey, it's not because of the barrel. It's because they add, put an additive into it. Like how to, they color yeah. salmon. Yes, same, okay, same. Gotcha. Um, you know, flamingos are actually white. <laughs> and, I don't know. That's, that's a weird flashback. Um, <laughs> the thing that I love about Irish whiskey is it's very relatable. It's, it's, you know, it's your uncle and a wife beater and a Paul Mel. You know, right. sitting in the chair Absolutely. watching watching all in the family. That's what Irish whiskey is to me. I do think the Tullamore Dew stands above a lot of them. Amen. We've had some other ones that are really, really good as mm-hmm. well. Um, but, like, you know, people drink Bushmills and drink Jameson essentially thinking, well, that's what Irish whiskey is. But you that's not really the case with Tullamore Dew. It's a, it's a little more refined product, I think, um, even though the price point is pretty much the same. It is. It's usually um, retail. I paid today over at Sixth uh, Street, which is for sale again. Yeah, again. Weird. Um, I paid, I think, twenty six. Yeah, which is right in line. Jamo's actually more expensive. Bushmills is a, a couple bucks cheaper. Uh, Bushmills is it's the Protestant versus the Catholic Irish whiskey, right? Everybody for some reason, especially the restaurant I work at that I run, we are the biggest consumers of Jameson in the Four Corners. For whatever reason, and one of the home slice. Oh, okay. So I run all three of the. They literally have it on tap. I have it on tap, chilled. And one of the owners, Corey, who's a dear, dear man, he is a he is an actual legitimate Jameson ambassador. That used to be all he drank. Um, This is I like this because it's a kind of a perfect marriage of Jameson and Bushmills. It's got the best characteristics of each without the shit I don't like. Does that make yeah. sense? It's got the weight and the viscosity and the unctuousness of like Bushmills, which I really like that caramel. And it's also got the brightness of Jameson, the high tones of Jameson without it being um, kind of obnoxious. The barrels that they use for aging have um, sherry cask butts. Right. As it, you know, as I mean, caps, like, right. Yeah, as the caps. So it, it does impart like a little bit more of a, you know, kind of a tropical floral there's a nuance there you know, i don't nuance. know if i had a you don't get a lot cherry, out of it you don't get a lot out do you know what the hole they cut into the side of the barrel is called it's the bung isn't it it's the, the bung, bung hole <laughs> isn't that fun oh the bung goes in the bung hole the bung d- when doesn't it <laughs> sir i don't know about your Touché. hole but only bungs go into my hole i want to tell you uh, i don't think i've had whiskey since i was like 18 years old really what is that uh, so what do you like initially i understand there's like an octane to it it's hot especially if you're not used to sipping whiskey i'm just asking what do you what do you what do you taste in this outside of the heat let's try it jill's gonna vomit all over the microphone that's a brand new mic so don't vomit on it well it definitely hit my nostril it does it goes goes up um it's not it's not terribly off-putting oh there goes the burn down the throat amen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, i would say yes i agree with the vanilla there's um it's a sweeter. It's sweeter than I expected mm-hmm. it to be. Yes. Um, there's something there that I'm missing. Hold on, let me think of it. It's in a baking vein. It's um, I don't know. It's like a nutmeg, cinnamon, milder, clove, milder, milder. Yeah, the other opposite way. Damn it! All spice. Maybe, maybe. 
I don't know, pumpkin pie spice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but you that's actually get really the accurate. Get the fuck like, out of here, Jill, with your pumpkins. Any, anything oak, um, aged in oak is going to have a lot of it's, that yeah. characteristic. Well, it, that's okay, what they call it. Weird. They call it baking spices. But like, have you ever been in a sauna? Yeah. You know that smell of a sauna? Like old <sighs> yeah, people's That's what this kind of tastes like. Like no, the back of an this. old person's no, knee? No, no, no. I mean like that wood smell. Like that sauna wood oh, smell. Oh, that like, yeah, the woodiness to it. Okay, Like when you go into a So that would typically be cedar? Something? I, I don't know, but it kind of has like most, a sauna taste to it. Most, I, not that I lick a sauna, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it has a sauna taste. You freak. I wouldn't <laughs> fucking lick, lick all the saunas. Be like, like a Let me try it again. Subway pole. Don't <laughs> <laughs> try it. Listen, think of a sauna and try it. You'll see what I'm saying. So I'm saunas are typically built with cedar. Like that's the, the wood of choice, right? It's a redwood. I think it's cedar. Right? Yeah. cedar? And there is a cedarness quality, a woodiness to it. Which I wouldn't have automatically said because we're so far up our own ass when it comes to alcohol. Um, that's a great insight. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, actually, I, I, not I, bad for yeah. a comedian. I watch a lot of Food Network. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Mario Batali. Oh no, dude! I like the competition shows, <laughs> and I hate Guy Fieri because I want his job. He sucks, dude. I would be so, so much bad. better hosting any of his shows. I will give that man credit, despite <laughs> his failed restaurants. I give him a lot of credit because he does what he does extremely well for what he does. And I'm not saying what I, I like it, but he's really good he's at consistent. whatever that is. Well, you know, I'll tell you, he cranks out a lot of freaking programs. Yes. He has oh, like he four or five different shows on like one of his shows. There's like 18 seasons. The one thing I do hate is he has a son and I'm not trying to hate on people's kids, but his son is neither talented nor charismatic. <laughs> but he and they're trying to make him be the new one. And they're like, Hunter. And he's like, yeah, dad. And I'm like, fuck that. I should have that job. So, so it takes I kind of hate Guy Fieri. Takes more I have like a, tips. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, you start with the frosted tips. Hunter doesn't so, even have his hair dyed. Did I ever tell you guys? Uh, did I tell you the story about when we got we got to film a Travel Channel <gasps> restaurant episode at El Moro? What? And um, I know they did. I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was trying to do that kind of Guy Fieri Bourdain. Was it Adam Goldberg? Dark no. hair? No, he no. was an older gentleman. Actually, he was probably in his sixties. Wore a fedora, and Ew. so, anyways, like we on brunch, they bring in this camera crew, and we're doing all the shots. They like put me on the ladder, and Andrew you know what I mean? all that kind of shit. I don't know. Remember? I don't. Know. First of all, I never got televised. Of course, not. because we got so fucked up during the middle of that show. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't use like, any of as it? a crew. We got absolutely shit house. Was Woody there? Dave was there. Of course he was. He was a chance to be on TV. That's what I'm saying. Dave was there. Um, I was working with Jason. Um, I believe Tom. There was, you know, the kind of the the old the OG guys were were all there. And um, as you guys know, the Fernet Challenge Coin is a thing. Yes. If you throw down your Challenge Coin, and everyone has their coin, then you buy the round. Whoever doesn't have their coin gets to buy the round. It's, it's what is a, this thing? It's a it's it's a it's a bar it's a geeky esoteric bartender thing. It's, it's, it's a military tradition called the challenge coin, and um, I'm just wondering because I bartended for 13 years and I've never. Oh, let me see that thing. Yeah, absolutely. So those are like gold. They're hard to get, and very when you hard. get them, like um, they're like a thing. Like you sell them on eBay for hundreds of dollars. Right. Your distributor will typically just hand you one. Yeah. On any given. So it's like a it's like a liquor price. 
So that's the game, though. If somebody puts a coin down and you don't put your coin down, if you're the only one who doesn't, you buy the round. If everybody pulls their coin out, and we're talking within a circle of people that are hanging that out. That are all in the club. That are, that are hanging out. Yeah. If somebody doesn't put their coin down, they buy. But if they all do, then the person who challenges buys. Ah, so it's kind of like a race game. Kind of like fast. Quick. It's just who it's has the wherewithal to keep that coin in their pocket at all the time. All so, times. how many of your friends have these? Plenty. Because I've never seen this thing before in my life. I'm apparently on the outside. There's to, to wit. Last night I was uh, having dinner at El Moro. Yeah. It's and not as it's not as exclusive as it used to be. It, exactly. But um, I knew for a fact that you know Elias and Ty and all my bartender buddies were there. So I threw the coin down, thinking, ah, maybe I'll catch these guys. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I got to buy five Fernets, which are shit. Probably nine bucks a shot now. Yeah, it's not yeah. fun. What, Something like that. It's not a great Fernet? feeling. What, like, what type of liquor is it? Fernet's an aperitif. Um, it's like made with a thousand botanicals. It's um, it's very off-putting. Imagine Jägermeister with a higher proof gotcha. and less sugar. So I said I bartended for 13 years. Yeah. I should clarify. It was at breweries and hotel bars. So so you pulled taps and talked to people. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Got them drunk because they weren't driving anywhere. It's right. bartending anyway. Fernet has become, it. it's replaced Tawaka as like the bartender's handshake kind yeah. of thing. Ah. So like when you walk into a bar, bartender knows you. He will hand you a Fernet. You guys will shoot one and together. And it's one of those things where if you see somebody order a Fernet, the question is, where do you work? Because yeah. you know they're bartenders. You guys are all part of the gang. It's Got part it. of a really sad, bad health gang. Sure. It's not good. <laughs> we all have cirrhosis. It's not okay. <laughs> nice. It's really not so, okay. So, yeah, we were trying to film that show, and we drank a lot of Fernets, and then we had to shoot a scene where we were doing the coin challenge in the well. And I think the guy was just fucking with us at some point because he was just like, ah, that was Let's a good one. But can, can we roll that back? Let's, Let's do, do it, it one more time. Yeah. So, like, we had six Fernet shots in a matter of <laughs> six minutes. <laughs> right. And um, Nobody thought to replace it yeah. with water? I've never seen water. You can't. It's, like, black. You oh. can't so make the funk. What we, we used to do what we should have done was, like, cold brew. or We sure. do have some darker stuff that we could have put in there. But, um, no, we just drank the Fernet because we're a pack of alcoholic idiots. Yep. That's it. <laughs> I agreed. It went really well. <laughs> to wit, it was that, not televised. So never saw the light of day. <laughs> I've done a couple that of those. A, I like that story. I See, that's not my second favorite story about El Moro, so... What's your, oh, first? what's your first? I favorite? like I you know I have to say I don't know the owners. However, I am aware of whenever they had the fire, and they were able to keep their staff yeah. on and offer yep. to have them, uh, you know, do charity work. And I've told other people like, hey, this is a business that I think is a value to this community, and I will give my money to a business like that. Sure. And I think that's super cool. And I had never really eaten there, but then I did because of that. And yeah. then I thought the bathrooms were really cool too. Plumber, oh, plumbing fixtures. Bathrooms? I tell my friends, I'm like, go check. Check out the toilet. It's all copper check fittings. Out the There's a chain from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I really did respect the fact that, you know, I mean, so many employers don't give a shit about their employees. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that these people who could have benefited from this huge insurance payout and let those people go, you know, figure it out for themselves took care of their people and right. i think that's awesome so there's hats off to el Moro. it's few and far between that's a good restaurant group um like what we did during the panic uh pandemic panic <laughs> the pandemic right, there you go was uh what we did was give free pizza to industry people that were oh, nice. working like 
this this town's really good for that. Where I'm originally from, LA, you would cut people's tires to try to get their shifts. Yeah. Like it was dog eat dog. So when I came here, it was almost like people would wave and smile and go, "What's your fucking problem?" <laughs> you know, like it took me years to get used to what an actual small town vibe is. But uh, yeah, good guys over there. It is cool. Maybe I, you should not fucking drink so much, Bobby, when you're being filmed. Just saying. I don't know. I'm a little drunk. <laughs> I would agree, but I'm drunk. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's get back to some stuff. Are you, Jill, now being a comedian, are you, do you have any political material or is it very like adjunct political or do you uh, go in hard with politics or what? I really don't. What, actually, what would you say your style of comedy is? Uh, a lot of storytelling. Okay. A lot of my stuff is true. I wouldn't really call it full-on self-deprecating because I love my life. I feel happy about myself. I'm in a place where, honestly, after you know, kind of working through things and kind of discovering who I am, I feel like I'm... I'm I'm really content with Hell who yeah. I am, but I still have ridiculous shit happen to me, and so I talk about it. Like I I will admit I do have a flaw, which is I have a hot temper and I can Karen the hell out of somebody. Right. And I have like sometimes I'll tell my Karen stories. Like I almost got kicked out of a Dead and Company show, like seven minutes inside the gate because I flipped out on a security guard named Champagne. And uh, then I demanded a manager and I got to upgrade to better seats. And so I kind of tell <laughs> stories about that kind of stuff, right. a lot about my life. But, um, you know, I have a kid, he's 20. I talk about him. I talk about, you know, just, I'm, a, I'm a, an attorney as well. Mm-hmm. Talk about being a divorce attorney, 500 divorces, never been married, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um, so I, I really do stick to kind of topical things related to my life, but that are in a funny, kind of presented in a funny way, which I think people, women of my age group appreciate. Sure. Like, there's a lot of, um, you know, stigma about sex, about relationships, what we're supposed to be, and I fit none of those things. And I used to kind of make myself, well, like, what's wrong with me? Should I quit doing this thing? And I'm like, no, I love this thing. And I've had so many people come up and be like, hey, thank you for doing what you do. And I didn't do it for them. I did it for myself, but it right. benefit other people. Sure. And so that's kind of my style. I like yeah. yeah. Do you, do you enjoy, do you, are you in, I mean, being a, I, I, I wouldn't, not everybody, everybody feels like they're an activist these days because everybody's so entrenched in their positions. But do you pay attention to oh. politics at all? Or are yes. you, is that I, something that interests you? Yes. Or? So I've actually been a Cortez city councilor twice. Okay. I resigned. I have been unaffiliated since I started voting. I actually ran. My sixth grade classes, to, uh, Ross Perot campaign, mock campaign, <laughs> back in the day. We didn't oh win, but I did it. Um, I oh, actually uh, took a doctorate level legislation class, and I am an absolute 100% political junkie. Good for you. That being said, I also believe that my political beliefs I keep to myself. Okay. And so I, 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 I certainly choose to educate myself, and I'll tell you one of the things that was very frustrating to me during the whole quarantine, everybody's losing their shit. All of a sudden, I couldn't get access to the information that I used to be able to do, and I panicked. Hmm. And so I started watching a far left, moderate left, moderate right, far right podcast, like almost daily, to figure out what in the fuck was going on. Right. Because I didn't know who was telling the truth. And 
what I know, especially having had those experiences, is that 99% of people have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Truth. Which is hard for me because I do choose to go out and learn things. And I do know how things work because I took these classes. I went to law school. I went to college for 13 years. I have four degrees. And so I... Fucking humble really brag, was bro. Fu- really, but I mean, what I'm saying, though, is I was... <laughs> It was this thing that interested me. I didn't, I mean, for crying out loud, people were trying to say that Cortez City Council was, you know, paid by George Soros and we're getting 80000 a year. And I'm like, are you kidding Soros me? Soros is I responsible for everything. Oh, yeah. I was like, I give $400 a month before taxes to deal with you idiots. Like, right. no, like this is nuts. And so I got to a point, I actually resigned from the Cortez City Council because I kept seeing the, the very, very start of what we're seeing now. And I knew that my personal, um, my personal beliefs and my personal positions were stronger than what that government body was. And I said, hey, I don't want to tarnish what I think this body is because I am, I am a legal nerd. I believe in the black and white letters. Politicians change, law stays the same. And I'm like, I don't want my personal issues to tarnish this body. Sure. And I resigned. And Good it was the smartest thing I've ever done because after that shit really got real, and I was like, thank God. <laughs> thank God I am out. Sure. But uh, no, I am very political, have been for a long time. That's, um, I can appreciate yeah. the fact that you don't want to like, I mean, Bobby and I have kind of laid it on the line as far as like where our political affiliations oh, lie. Yeah. Um, we're, I mean, at any given point, we could be full socialist. We don't float too much more into the centrist left. I think that's almost like centrist right at this point. Everything's shifted. That Overton oh. window has shifted a, a ton. Um, yeah, I, I mean, w- w- the, the, the fact that we like what we do p- being protected lends itself to us landing on a particular side. Well, they, they've legalized bounty hunting in Texas, basically, for <laughs> women that get abortions. So, so. <laughs> I'll tell you, my I, I do a lot of child... And I, I'm, I'm the domestic violence attorney in Cortez. I also am the child sex um, violence oh, wow. attorney. Oh, Jesus there. Christ. So I have seen a lot of different stuff with that. And um, with regards to the political aspect of that, I think my lens on some of those really, really touchy issues is different because I see it in my community and mm-hmm. I know these kids. So, like, this is kind of tangential, but, like, there was a big to-do about the school board and they wanted, oh, masks or child abuse. And I'm like, how dare you i've seen kids that are child abused they would love it if masks were the worst thing like don't don't make that you know conflation they conflate and so that's where i have to be very guarded in what i say because i believe in our laws i know our laws i also know a lot of them are really bad and need to be changed because i see situations that go hey this changed my perspective because i didn't realize this was the impact of this law and so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm comfortable with where I'm at, but I'm always willing to talk to people. Like Ryan Griffin and I, we will go rounds on Facebook because Ryan and I don't believe the same way. And he knows we, we're cool. We'll still be friends afterwards, but I'll throw shit at him. He sees it all the time. He's like, get a room already, you two. You know Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friend of the podcast. And, and, Friend of the so, podcast. so, you know, I know that he's very leftist. I don't consider myself to be rightist. He probably does. He probably thinks I'm a freaking Looney Tune. Because I don't agree with him, but what I'm saying is, I try to be as objective as I possibly can, and that's why I expose myself to the variety of viewpoints. So, um, that's the, you're a rare breed in that regard. I think um, usually everybody's more than happy to tell you about themselves and how you're wrong. 
about <laughs> what you believe. That Amen. seems to be a very, very big, proud moment for most people these days. Um, but yeah, I was just curious. Uh, we're we're obviously um, political junkies, and as much as we care, I think that's a gift of age as well. Um, I, we cared a lot when we were younger, but I think things are exponentially more important as you get older and have children. Uh, Bobby has a kid. We all have kids in the room here. Um, oh, that's and right. it becomes, yeah, Jesus. I wonder what Bobby? he's doing. Yeah, we're, we're, um, <laughs> wait, I haven't fed him in four months. <laughs> um, Luckily he's 23 years yeah, old. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we, for, we didn't pizza. mention that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this um we were we've been talking obviously during this whole trump fiasco um it was a huge it was on everybody's lips it seems like politics has died down a little bit because we don't have an insane person um you know as our captain of our ship anymore so the political discourse kind of lighten a little bit but it's still very fiery and very there um i want to uh, talk about the infrastructure bill real quick um you, I know Biden's at his lowest approval rating, which is after the Afghanistan kind of thing, which I got my own yeah. beliefs yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Operation Shit Show. Operation. <laughs> funny. Uh, you Perfect. know, Grant, it's one of those things, glad it happened, could have been done better. I, and I think most people fall somewhere in, in that line. Sure. Um, everybody agreed that we needed to be out. That was not the point probably could have done a little bit better um that being said the infrastructure bill is going to be a big deal it's truly going to head towards infrastructure i know there's obviously a lot of fat and pork and everything that gets passed um so god knows who's going to get money for what however they're starting to address the fact that bridges are falling roads are being destroyed we have a power grid that if it got hacked we would be fucked we've got renewable energies on the table i think it's a massive massive week if he can manage to get this through it's not going to be 3.5 but it'll probably be in the low twos they'll meet somewhere in the middle because joe mansion's a piece of shit but um hopefully we can get that done and start get back to the point of truly building infrastructure and it's not just buildings and walls it's well, it's uh, like i said power grids and 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 this is keeping us up yeah. to date it harkens back to a republican president we had in the 50s named eisenhower that actually set up you know, the interstate highway system yep. and put people to work doing this kind of shit. He I was mean, a pussy communist. Works. You know, that <laughs> General Eisenhower <laughs> yeah, totally. was such a pussy, pussy communist. He would be now. You know, no, he would. I mean, he'd be a socialist now. I mean, we're in a time now where, like, four-star generals get criticized for being liberals. You know, By civilians like, who have flat feet and never served. Like, I was in the military Love and it. I didn't meet any liberals. Not a lot. Yeah. Really? Not a lot. Really? Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, but they, but there did you join in peace times or you weren't? I joined in peace times and then promptly 9-11 happened. That's a different breed, though. So we were a different crew. But right. Yeah, we were all pretty fired up and like ready to, you know, go Go kick, go go kick forward. some ass. You know, fucking Bush was like, <laughs> come on, buddy. <laughs> Have you seen that movie Vice? I didn't know. Oh yes, yes, oh, yeah, yes. That was Dude, great. I flipped out in the theater. I was like, "They all played us. We got played." Like, uh, I freaked yeah. out with like the focus groups about like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was angry. I was a student at Fort when that happened. I remember the day it happened. It sucked. And then to watch it twenty years later and be oh, like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Oh, I was. <laughs> I flipped out, and then I ran in for politics for like four hours after. <laughs> I can't imagine what it would have been <laughs> yeah. like to be in uh, New York last week. I mean, 
that had yeah. to be just so- insanely somber. emotional. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, man. And it's so weird to think like my, that it was such a big part of our lives. And it's such, my daughter actually ended up going to me and my, my girlfriend and asking us, do you remember what, what you, what was happening in nine 11? What were you doing? Like my daughter, do- my daughter is 11 yep. and she's asking, I'm like, there, you know, I'm in such a drug fueled haze most of my life. Um, that day, I could tell you what I was doing second by second. Oh, yeah. I went and bought a um, TV that day because I didn't have one. And I didn't know what was going on. You didn't know what was going on. I, sh- I showed oh, up wow. at Fort in the music department and people were crying. I dropped my kid off at daycare and they're like, the Durango airport's getting bombed. And I was like, what the fuck? Do you remember how there was all that where yes. they were like, everything's, everything's being bombed. Yeah, everything and felt like I it. I picked up my kid who at the time was like six months old at a daycare down oh, by Bodo God. Park. And I went to Walmart and I bought an analog TV that day because I was like, I don't know what's happening. Right. But like the thing that I don't like, and I was talking to my kid about it. I remember the first year I cried. And then the second year when I saw the footage, I cried. And then the third year I cried a little less. And like we've gotten desensitized 100%. to what that was. And I hate that that happened. It shouldn't yeah. have happened. It's kind of inevitable. Human nature yeah. wants to compartmentalize bad things trauma we like to put it in a box and put it to the back of our head that's true and if you if i cried every time i mean shit i cry when i watch ted lasso let's be real i cry all the time um why wouldn't i it's a beautiful show um but but if i took the time to think about all the trauma that's taken place and celebrate those anniversaries i'd be i'd i'd you know own stock in kleenex that's true you know what i mean i just i think that people you know i i guess what i what i sort of mourn for really is we all understood the magnitude of what that was Mm -hmm. and as a people regardless of affiliation whether you agreed with what our country was doing or not we're like hey these were innocent people who shouldn't have gone through this and now we're like fuck them kill the other side that i don't like that we got to that under well we were lied to like you pointed out (laughs) um i mean flat out nonsense I think the saddest part of the whole situation was C. Thomas Howell trying to fight off those invaders with a <laughs> ragtag group of <laughs> with rag misfits. T- oh my God. <laughs> with Charlie Sheen and they, <laughs> Jennifer they, Gray. Jennifer Gray. Yeah, that was yeah, wonderful. Rob, I think Rob Lowe's little dick was in that too. Was it uh, Robert Chad? I don't remember. It was Chad. It might have been Chad. Chad. He was the less handsome brother. He was the blonde low. You yeah. know, he never landed. He didn't. He wasn't as good looking. Yeah. I think he did like a couple Melrose plays. Plus, Rob Lowe, let's be honest, pretty good actor. It's not I think terrible. He for what he does. Same he grew, he thing grew into in something. every role. He's the same kind of He's smarmy character. So was I mean, Paul Newman. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> granted, spaghetti sauce, it, it's, <laughs> it's hard when you peek in Tommy Boy. <laughs> um, to ever recover, um, let's be honest. But but yeah, nine <laughs> eleven to me. I think about Rob Lowe's porn. <laughs> That's what it means to me. Where he and I get to grieve any way I want to grieve, sir. That's true. You can't true. tell well, me what to do. I hate to break this up, <laughs> but I think we should take a break because I know I need to tinkle. Yeah, you need tinkies. Yeah, I bet Aaron wants to go burn one. I'm gonna go suck down a. All dart. right, we're gonna take a quick break. Remember when we all had bookies? Just some little fucking neighborhood goomba. What we all doing, it was fucking great. We lived, we loved, and we paid 18 points over the Vic. Well, legalized gambling has fucked all of that up. So at Uncle Tiny's Sportsbook, we are changing the game in a huge way. We got tiny little rates. We got absolutely minuscule fees and charges. We got... 
waitresses and witness protection. We got fucking Mikey Walnuts running the Kino table. <laughs> Fuck Mikey. We got cocktail waitresses with bullet scars. We got good fellas themed dinnerware. Uh-huh. Oh, Vito will measure your suit in the back while you're getting your sausage and peppers in the front. You bet on your favorite New York and Jersey teams all the while enjoying the fucking ambience. Look, if you lose, then you lose. We already got your fucking money, so fucking Jill doesn't have to come break your tiny fucking legs. Or your tiny little dicks. So, come down to Uncle Tiny's Sportsbook. We got all the tangs to make your game day a tiny bit bigger. We're back? We're back? Hey guys, reach out to us at the Whiskey Reel. You can get a hold of us at 970-426-5344. Greasy eye ties. 970-426-5344. Leave us a voicemail. Leave us a text message. We're going to read all of them. And uh, you might have a chance to get on the show. You never know. You never also, know. get a hold of us at uh, whiskeyreel at gmail.com. Call in a bomb threat. Yeah, that'll work. That seems to get everybody's attention. I'm just saying. Every freaking time. <laughs> um, our, our lovely co-host, I can call her a co-host. Why not? Absolutely. Um, our lovely co-host uh, this week has some important information to relay to you folks out there. So please put the bong down and listen for three seconds. You guys, it's really serious because we have the Four Corners Comedy Festival coming back to Durango, Colorado. After one year off for COVID, I am so excited. It's going to be Friday, October 1st through Sunday, October 3rd. And our two headliners are, uh, we're trying something different this year. We used to just have one big show. And the biggest complaint we got from the professional comics, there was too many comics. So we ended up uh, bringing back Elliot Weber, who is one of our Durango comics. Nice. But we moved to Denver. Um, cool thing about him, he graduated from Fort. He entered the Fort Lewis Hawk Tank business program and won 5000 bucks. Him and two other Durango comics created a comedy production group and wrote a play called Dead Inside that's been winning awards all over Denver. They just got Best of Fest at the Fringe nice. Festival. They're doing a one-time matinee performance here at Durango Arts Center on October October 2nd at 2 p.m. Um, Brittany Brave is actually Miami's 2021 Best Comic of the Year, and she's our other headliner. We also are partnering with the local drag community. I'm going to do my first ever Drag King performance. Yes, Would you bitch. like to hear what my name is? I would love it. Tucker Balls. Yes! <laughs> I'm so excited. In, in homage to Tucker Carlson. That's correct. Oh, I didn't even think about that, damn it. That wasn't... I was just thinking of Tuck, but whatever. I got it. I got but it. no, we're also doing a dirty show called the 6-9 show. It's 6 Minutes, 9 Comics. It's extremely dirty material, not approved for all audiences. And then on Sunday, we're having a completely free community appreciation show featuring the local scene. It's going to be out front of the Power Science Center. You can bring your own chairs, food, drinks. We're just going to have a good time and That's listen to comedy. That's dude. Um, there's tickets online. You can go to comicuprising.eventbrite.com. We also are all over the social media, Four Corners Comedy Festival. And I'm excited because a lot of these people coming are my friends. They're from Texas. They're from Atlanta. They're coming from Philadelphia. I've got people coming from L.A. I am so stoked to hang out with my friends in Durango for a That's weekend. I need it, and I'm excited. And so we want to thank Durango for continuing to help us do these comedy things, support us, and keep this thing going because – I'm stubborn as hell, and it's not going away. Yeah, We're going to make it bigger and better every year. That's absolutely great. So the Whiskey Reel will represent. Thank absolutely. you very much. We I will ho- be there. I, ho- I hope you come. I hope you come to at least something, and I'll tell you, I'm partial, but the October 2nd night show 
is the one that I'm hosting. So it's obviously going to be the best one. Okay, so that's the one I will be bringing <laughs> yes. my, my lovely girlfriend Rex to. Fantastic. We, Thank you. Yeah, we will bring some a blanket and some Alizé. Fantastic. But it is going to be in the uh, art center. So why, as long as you Alizé? get around there. Damn it! As long as you get around their liquor rules. But right. yes. I'll pocket a pint of Hennessy. But anyway, so thank you for letting me promote it. Uh, we really are excited. And um, I just, I believe so strongly in the power of humor, laughter. Jokes can be a universal medium for all of us. We Amen. don't always have to be fighting. Sometimes it's okay to put the bullshit aside and have a good time. And that's what we want to do. So thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to promote. Absolutely. And we will be there in force, I will Absolutely. tell you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, bells so, on. Bells on, brother. Bells on. Um, so we're, I, I just recently found out Jill has a degree in music. I do, So too. she's the only educated musical person here. Um, I just played in a shitty band for a long time. That's my only uh, claim to fame. And uh, Bobby listens to Wilco and cries while he feverishly masturbates. So that's... <laughs> no, 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 no. I masturbate to Sleater Kinney. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. yeah. I'm that sorry. Makes sense. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, that totally makes sense, makes sense by yep. the way. <laughs> I masturbate to Mastodon. Um, it's weird, and it's, it's over my so fast. thing. It's over so fast. Um, so this is where we usually talk media. As all of you guys out there know... Bobby and myself are, are absolute film and television freaks. We like what we like. Um, obviously, we're all huge musical fans, too. And and Jill, you don't know this, but we haven't been kind of active and on the air for months. And within the context of those months, so much has transpired in the world of music and the world of media. Um, I wanted to bring up a couple things. I, I'm kind of the resident kind of hip-hop guy here bobby's a huge fan as well that's definitely he bobby knows as much as i do but that just seems to be my focus um if you haven't already picked it up i'm telling you the new tyler creator album i know it's been a couple months do yourself a favor do not buy drake shit it is dog shit it might be one of the worst albums i've heard in years and all you stands out there that just will suck his dick regardless <laughs> you know what do you do you boo boo um keep buying them shits um donda donda fucking yay's new shit very interesting very eclectic very um experimental where he's going i think he's passed the jesus thing a little bit by virtue of insanity he, jesus is still a huge part of this album but he is such an innovator in the way that he chooses to make tracks the features on it were amazing uh one of the best songs on it was actually a song with like wheezy and rick ross which is crazy to say but it was um Really good album. My shit, I've got a couple that I wanted to talk about only because I'm so proud of them. We rep this young lady probably a year and a half ago. Her name is Lil Sims. Um, and she's a she's an African-born uh, English artist um, who's an MC and is an absolute fucking Sorry, nightmare. I'm no, you're good, man. <clears throat> you're good. Do you want to hit up my cigarette? No, I think I'm okay. Okay. Um, She's a badass. She's a monster. Little Sims. Trust me. S-I-M-S. S-I-M-S. Fantastic. I believe she's, I want to say she's Nigerian born. Um, I could be guessing on that one. But anyway, fantastic MC. And then um, we have a K-Dot sighting. We have a Kendrick Lamar sighting, everybody. I know everybody's very excited. I'm a I'm a I'm a born and raised Angelino. So for me, Kendrick is my 
kind of my my new Jesus as far as LA is concerned. Um, he can do no wrong in my opinion. He has a cousin named Baby Keem who just put out an album that he's featured on. Baby Keem just dropped his album and it's fire. Um, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but man, I'm telling you this this kid is in his early 20s and he's going to be a monster. But there's a song that they put out um, called Family Ties, and it's on Keem's album. And Kendrick has his comeback verse for being off the scene for this many years. My God. Um, I love that man. Sounds uh, like something we should listen to. Oh, we're going to listen to it. Trust me. Smoking on your top five tonight. Tonight. I'm smoking on your what's the name tonight. Tonight. Smoking on your show's name tonight. I am the Omega. Lane, Rolly, Gang, SIE, don't you address me unless it's with four letters I thought you known better, I've been ducking the pandemic I've been social gimmicks, I've been ducking the overnight activists Yeah, I'm not a trending topic, I'm a Hold on, y'all niggas playing with me, man I am the Omega, PG Lane, Rolly, Gang, SIE Don't you address me unless it's with four letters Bitch, I thought you know But there's been so much good music Have you guys listened to any good music in the last few months? You said your musical influence stopped at 2004 It, it did, I, now I'll tell you, I have certain artists I like okay. I, am, I really am completely obsessed with Ben Folds Who continued doing stuff stuff after the 90s i did not know that I is he been, still folding five he is actually they <laughs> broke up and then they reunited okay. briefly okay but he is going by himself <laughs> there's actually three guys now he folds ben fold, benji's ben folds five only had three members there oh. wasn't actually five in there that's weird i know it is weird it's weird it is weird but no i like that and uh i listened to i'm very i was raised with my parents music i love Cros crosby stills nash and young deja vu yo it's my all-time favorite album fuck yeah Girl. I love hippie music. I love like my my playlist is all like seventies funk, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Hell yeah! Uh, I listen to a lot of Beatles, Aerosmith. I do a lot of Jan like when I do karaoke, Janis Joplin, like a Grace Slick. That's what I grew up. We with. grew up in the same sort of era. My family, I I, I listened yes. a lot of like. Uh, Steely Dan and Led Zeppelin yep. and Tommy Bolin and Carly Simon and I, I there I had that huge sort of hippie slash rock influence. Bobby, your parents were they music people? Did you grow up with like a lot of? Because I know you're well, you're, yeah, you I lived mean, <laughs> you lived in puritanical. My dad was kind of you know outlaw country, <laughs> hey, yeah, but I yeah. like old outlaw country, like, like Merle Haggard, Merle Haggard yeah. and Willie and and all the boys, you yeah. know Johnny Cash. Do you still have kind of, of a place in your heart for that kind? Because you don't I, really yeah. listen to that, do Absol you? Um, I mean, when I hear Marty Robbins come on. You know, you stop singing the out in the West Texas town of El Paso. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I listen to that shit every exactly. time. Yeah, I never, I never <laughs> skip it. No, I get you. I get you. But you're um, pretty eclectic. You my mom didn't listen to a ton of music, but she liked um, CCR a lot. You know, she was a little more on the rock Swamp side. Swamp rock. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, love it. Uh, but, but you had it, some different influences, and then you grew into hip hop and grew into metal. Yeah, and well, grew you know, my brother was like a big influence. Um, for you know, especially like kind of mid to late eighties is when he introduced me to Pixies, all this. like NWA, the Pixies, Husker Du, Husker Du. I mean, he taught me about the Clash, and he taught me yeah. about Bob Mould, and he taught me about all you know. And then the I, good stuff. Then I found my own stuff. 
Yeah. You know, but it, at least I got the right, I got set on the right path. <laughs> Crying, <laughs> masturbating, <development. laughs> all roads lead back. All roads lead what back. Do you, what do you typically listen to? Like if I went into your car, Jill, right now, and like, like what are you playing right now? What do you, what's like your happy place for music? Uh, when I came over, actually, I changed out a lot, but I'll be honest. Like I have certain songs I like, like uh, Tower of Power is what is hip. Fuck I will listen to you, that song. girl. <laughs> I love Dude, it. Tower of Power from musically is. I like. I, I. This is gonna. You guys might judge. I hope you don't. Because I'm, judge, I'm literally you judging judge, right you'd be now. Sad. I fucking love Air Supply. I love Air Supply all day long. I, I had the cassette tape in my Walkman back in the day. I, I am not to the, mad at that. I love Air Supply. I, I, I would rather have Air Supply than, like, say, Aerosmith. Actually, I like Aerosmith, too, which I listened to earlier today. But I'll tell you, what Aerosmith's it? album, there's one that was not listened to. The Nine Lives album. Have you ever listened to it? I have not. It, the only song that came off of it that was, like, a popular one was Pink, which isn't the best song. No, Pink, When I Turn Out the Light? Yeah. That one? Go listen to the Nine Lives album and forget really? about the song Pink. It is my favorite album. I'm going to do it that for you, It is very creative. There's, there's some really interesting tracks. There's one that talks about, like, heroin overdose but it's set to like this wizard of oz thing and it's really creative and weird and not aerosmithy and i wow. to this day love the nine lives album it's my favorite album that's a strange and nobody knows pull. It. you know i Good have weird things though i i grew up without cable tv so we got oddly enough the canadian broadcasting channel what? where they played more music so i grew up on a ton of canadian pop music brian adams uh no actually a band called joy drop there was also one called the philosopher kings i would special order the cds Whoa. so i know none of the music that like my generation interesting like that's kind of cool though it is there's some except for i can't have conversations with people about it because <laughs> no one knows what the fuck i'm talking about but yes you have a degree. You can conversate as much as you'd like to conversate. Um, Bobby, has there been any new stuff that you've listened to lately that isn't Slater, Kenny, or Wilco related? Um, no, not especially. Um, <laughs> because Slater, Kenny actually just put out a new album. I know oh. they did. Yeah. I was going to cut you off right there. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to listen to it. <laughs> uh, there's a man. Uh, it, you would hope out of something like the pandemic it would be an incubation period for artists. Um, Joe, with comedy, you would yes. think you would just dive in deeper into yes. what you do, especially as a musician. Uh, you see what Bo Burnham did with his fucking inside shit? Unbelievable. Brilliance. It's utter brilliance. Not just from a musical, but from a, a, a complete visual uh, sightscape of what he did. And the guy's actually pretty fucking talented. I hate people who can play every instrument. It drives me nuts. Yeah. I'm gonna choke them to death because um, I can't. So, but but I, you would hope you would hope that all these artists that we love and respect would just take this as an opportunity to dig their heels in and make. And even though we've had some really good albums come out, um, it's been a little, little bit lackluster, especially from the indie rock standpoint. There hasn't been a ton. Well, but the, I think there's a lot of formulaic people. So. This rap music was da 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 with the like negative like kind of minor key yeah. is like all the stuff now. It's drill. It's like drill it, and trap. None, which of, is all none of the music has a message. None of the music to me really has any sort of impact. Like, oh yeah, that's a cool sounding song. Sure. But the songs that are hitting now are the catchy ones. I always said you could retire if you wrote a line dance song that they play in a bar. You'd never have to work again, sure. like Cupid Shuffle. And that's what people are swallowing up. It's yes. very, very like base level. I, I would agree with you to a certain extent, especially with some drill and trap shit like NBA Young Boy and 
uh, Trippy Red, and there's these artists that are what we would call SoundCloud rappers, which have this very distinct uh, cadence. Yeah. Uh, so do I. A full fledged. I always said that's it reminds why me of Shakespeare's the, iambic pentameter. Yeah. Like, like the phrasing of absolutely. It. It's so weird. And, <laughs> but but there are these beautiful glimmers of brilliance that happen within that art form um, that. Uh, will make you stop and readjust what you think okay. that musical genre is. Aesop being one of those guys that Bobby and I constantly lean on. Um, but there are guys out there that do it so well. It's I love when an artist is so good it's undeniable. Sure. When you can't fuck with them. Even if and even if it's not your style. Even if it's yep. not your style. And I and I'd say the same thing about Western music for me. I didn't grow up with it. I don't like the don't taka dong taka dong. I, I hate it. Yep. It, I didn't grow up with it, so it's not familiar sounding to me. But I but I've heard Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and, and Willie Nelson and there's validity. There's a there's a um there's a, a what do I want to say? There's a utility to that music it, that I understand. Well, and it's palatable to people. And it, it is. Yeah. And I and I, I it's fine, you know, spoonful of honey, right? I, sure. I get it. But I also grew up listening to music that made me uncomfortable, which made me love it more. Which is like shoegaze, heavy metal, thrash, like I, that made me uncomfortable, and that's why I, I gravitated towards it. And, and did you a, keep listening to it until you liked it? Is that like where it was at? No, like no, right no. Away? There was a, there was a, there was a, there was an absolute moment. Now, granted, when you're 14 and 15 and 13 and 12, you like what your friends like, sure. right? It's a communal thing. You don't form your own opinions until you're an adult. It's groupthink, and that groupthink just happened to be shit that now would be considered really good music. I think I got more lucky Yeah. in that sure. I can still listen back to Ozzy. I can still listen back to stuff that I listened to then. I'm like, okay, I get great utility out of it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm always fascinated by new artists doing new things, new ways. And, um, and, and it seems to me like hip hop is one of those genres that allow their artists to go in different directions, much like indie rock much like metal where we we allow you to kind of flex your muscles a little and i don't and for me like uh, country music doesn't allow their artists to flex their muscles as much okay oh, in different of- in different in in I feel it, like you look at like Little Nas X who mm-hmm. came out with that that shit that was like the biggest hit yep. of the fucking country. last 3 years but then they found out he was gay and everybody like rescinded the offer <laughs> um it it just seems like there's more parameters put on different sort of musical genres than there are others. We'll, we'll allow you to be a freak show when it comes to indie rock, but if you're doing country, you got to stay within your lane. Well, and sure. I think that I don't with know. the country, if if you're not in the traditional country sense, you veer to southern rock. Right. Southern rock. Which and is country-influenced rock, It is. Right? And I mean, I, I enjoy that type of music, personally. I like it. I, sure. I, I do, but not a lot of uh, diversity in southern rock. Right. At right. all. And it's that's been something that's continued since the days of Leonard Skinner. It's yeah. still the same. I mean, I st- I consider Pantera Southern Rock. Really? They're all Southern boys. Yeah, huh. 100%. Or a group like Down, Phil Anselmo shit that he did uh, the outside of fucking Pantera. It's like really dingy swamp rock, and I love it. Dingy I, swamp rock. Yeah, I love that. I love that feeling it elicits. It's yeah. pretty fucking awesome. Absolutely. Ha- um, Let's hard tack. Sorry, because we Bobby and I almost have to do a different podcast just with music <laughs> when we talk. Typically, um, have you seen you have a, a mouse mo- in your pocket? Thank you. <laughs> have Classic you seen Brandera's a- filibusters for ten minutes. Sorry, and then, <laughs> that's all right. That's 
Yeah, sorry. It's been a long time since we've recorded. I've got a lot of pent up energy. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Have you seen? Are you a movie fan? I I love going to the theater. However, all the movies right now are comic book movies, and I I'm not interested. Okay, because in so you need to officially be thrown off the podcast right now. Okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> well, Bobby's kind of the he's like the old white sage of the comic book movie thing because he knows the comics. So we we always defer to him to see how much this is working. So the movie that I liked, which everybody's like. I hate you. I actually enjoyed Captain Marvel. I thought it was really good. I was like, go girl. I've never understood the, the hate for that. Yeah, the animal. Oh, you guys liked it too? No, everybody else was like, no. I, my, I had an ex who got pissed to me because he took me to the first Avengers and I fell asleep in the theater because I'd had a show night the night before and I kept like slapping my face and like putting water on myself. Well, that is unacceptable. It was just boring. It was just boring to <laughs> well, me. And I was you like, I couldn't get person. into it. I couldn't. I, I tried. I, it's I not made for him everybody. Go to Mary Poppins returns, so it was fair. It's not for everybody. I mean, I get it. And I get the banality of it, and I get the fucking tropisms of it. I understand how it would not fire off neurons for people. I don't don't think it's that. I like things that are funny. I like things that make me feel good. I don't like funny. What was the last funny movie you saw? Like, laugh out loud funny. Um, Okay, there's actually a movie on um, Hulu that's called The Binge. And... Okay, it's really, it's so stupid, but it's funny. It's the concept of the purge, except for 10 years from now, they outlaw all drugs and alcohol in America because of addiction. But one day a year, everyone in America can get just as as absolutely annihilated as they want. And so it follows these three kind of nerdy high school boys on their first binge day trying to impress these girls. And it is so stupid but so funny with tiebacks there's an acid tripping scene they kill a cow and it's yes, just dumb. my my son and i watched it together and we were like what the hell is this movie but it was actually really funny that's a really great funny. premise the bench actually. check it out it's on the server it's yeah. on there now yeah. i got i got the hulus thank yeah, you no, it's it's a good show it's because i need to watch what we do in shadows as soon as it comes oh out. yeah it's good i say vince vaughn's in uh vince vaughn is uh the place of the high school principal Who's trying to get all the kids and keep them sober in the bench? In the bench. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It's Vince, pretty great. Vince Vaughn is a oh, thing. I, I think Vince Vaughn's hot. Do you really? Are you a Vince Vaughn fan? Yeah. I dated a guy that looked like him, though. So that's, that's probably why. what it was. You're so biased. Yeah, probably. And, like, he had, like, that Philly accent. Like, yeah. Mm, let's just think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I rewatched Swingers not long ago. Did it hold? Hey, baby. Um, holds up. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, obviously, it's a bunch of the jargon and bullshit. The misogyny. Yeah, but I haven't changed my stance on misogyny. So, <laughs> no. I'm still, I'm still all, I am all in. Uh, the, the cool part about Swingers was like during that time, I obviously growing up in LA. It was like an LA movie. It was, and very it had much an all LA the LA Brown Derby landmarks and all these like cool things. Yep. So it meant, I, I, what was that movie like for people who didn't live in? Because <laughs> it just must have seemed like a bunch of douchebags walking well, around. Well, I like nothing. John Favreau though. I was like, I, Favreau I was. I love PCU. Do you remember that movie? Yes. And I love with Favreau. that asshole with Jeremy Piven. Yeah, yeah, yeah Piven. Jeremy Piven. What a piece of shit. Thank you. But I did love PCU. I and then it was good too. I always kind of followed Favreau, who's not really acting as much. He writes a lot. He wrote the movie Elf. I don't just know Iron know. Man. Yeah. And he just writes like all the blockbuster everything. Yeah, like Elf. Elf, which is arguably the new Christmas movie. Thank you. That's a Favreau. Yeah. And, Thank but you. no, I, that's why I like Swingers. But 
Well, he's full time like Disney now. I mean, he's a showrunner oh, for oh my God. Disney Plus shows. He can do no wrong. He can do no wrong with them. He's, he's Mandalorian. Got the golden touch, the golden Hollywood touch. Mandalorian, dude. I the mean, last he, little small indie thing that he did, I guess, was Chef, right? When he yeah, when he, and that's a phenomenal movie. He actually Great made movie. a TV oh, show food off porn. of it. He yeah, he, he does porn. a little like documentary TV show. Yeah, on it now exactly. Like mm-hmm. It's funny. Somebody does a movie about cooking, and now they know everything. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, he watched Food Network. We have to talk about Ted Lasso for five minutes. At least. Are, three, Are you a fan of Ted Lasso? Two to three minutes. Do you know what Ted Lasso is? No. <laughs> okay. No, I was hoping you would have given back. Do you know who Jason Sudeikis is? Yes. He was an SNL player. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Yep. Right? Okay. Bobby introduces to me. Okay. I didn't know about this show. It went under my radar. And now, and now it's like literally occupying it's everywhere the 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 social twitter verse and everything like lasso's a deal now is well, it a series is it a series it is it, it is. is and it's the fucking great premise but i'll let bobby talk about it because he knows about i found that. it because i'm such an all-purpose nerd that i listen to the scrubs podcast every week wait um, scrubs the tv show yeah with um, they still have a podcast donald Faison and zach braff started a podcast at the beginning of the pandemic didn't where they the just, show get canceled in like 2000 and like that's nine. a thing may i Sorry, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's what there's been a real trend happening lately. Like there's rewatch podcasts of The Office, and there's rewatch podcasts of all the shows sure. because during the pandemic we're all just watching uh-huh. shows anyway. Okay, okay, okay. So they started a Scrubs rewatch, and okay. but they would bring on like the creator Bill Lawrence, who's done like Spin City and Cougar Town, and he's been responsible for a lot of TV. But anyways, he he was the one that brought up Ted Lasso because Zach Braff actually just got nominated for an Emmy, as a matter of fact, for directing episode two of the first season. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Braff's actually kind of becoming like a weird big-time director. But anyways, so like this show Ted Lasso's coming on, and I'm like, Bill Lawrence, I'm fucking, I'm in. And so I'm in opening day. I fucking download it. I'm watching it. And holy shit, it is the sweetest, funniest, heartwarming, optimistic. What's the premise? Okay. Premises. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. And the, and honestly, the first forty five seconds of the show may, will make you laugh so fucking hard, just when say, Jason Sudeikis dances. But um, yeah. So the premise is, is there's it's very much like Major League. There's an Amer uh, a Premier League um, team soccer. Okay. We okay. they call it football, but um, they hire this American Division Two football coach Jason oh, Sudeikis, who won like a Division Two title. <laughs> They bring him over to coach the soccer team because the owner just got through, went through a divorce, and she wants to destroy the team. Oh, that is major league. Just That's to piss off. But Basically. her point, yeah, she just okay. wants to piss off her ex-husband. Okay, okay, okay. But then, it, but then it has slightly more depth than major league. It's a little, no, it has a lot more. Depth. <laughs> no Charlie Sheen. No Charlie Sheen. No Charlie. No um, animal. <laughs> but it's really cool because it the it, everybody in the cast is important everyone actually plays a role the players on the team get good, their own character they get their oh. own character arcs okay they and get their guys, own arcs here's what's funny about it this season two has gotten a little bit of fire and a little bit of smoke from people because people aren't exactly the same characters they were in season one they've they grown into they're different evolving things. They've evolved. as humans do and it's yes. pissing people off it's making everyone feel uneasy you know because like Cause Nate, Nate all of a sudden has a dark side and you're yeah, like Nate, oh. Nate is a power hungry horror now yeah and so they're doing this really beautiful TV story arc thing that you don't get to see especially for comedies okay. and it's a sweet tug at the heartstrings comedy look at yourself in the mirror 
Um, it's 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 a beautifully acted and beautifully done show. And the fact that you have English people just makes it better because their accents are awesome. You it's know, so actually, I, this is you've sold me. And it's also, so good. I do prefer the English versions of American television shows. Absolutely. Anyway. Shameless. I can't watch the U.S. version because I watch the U.K. version. Oh first. wow! Right. That. Sorry, William H Macy. He's not Frank. He's what not about Frank what about The Office though? You don't think the American uh, well, so version actually, was better? Opposite. I liked Michael Scott. Thank David you. Brent. Thank you. No. Mm. Appreciate Michael that. Scott for sure. Just Plus, big ups. where's the little love stories in The Office? Just the sweetest. Yes. I love. Oh them. my god. I loved them. And in this show, oh my god. There's Same. These little love moments okay. that are so special, and and they got one like it's it'll literally your. Le- I feel the same way about Reservation Dogs. Um, oh, I love that show. They're using the same formula of one moment you're laughing, you're crying, yep. you're back it's to poignant. laughing, you're crying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's it's, Bill Lawrence. That's Scrubs. I mean, that was like, you could do something really ridiculous, and then the next five minutes, you're just like on your ass because your, right. that character you didn't think was going to die. But that's reality. That's reality. I right. like that. Okay, you guys have sold me. I'm going to watch it. It's great. You're going to love it. If you, like, if you like Res Dogs, you're going to love this Well, show. you know, I like. I grew up in Cortez. I worked. So you have a... See, I didn't... I, I, so I, some of those native jokes I heard A lot I of them were, I do. So I actually worked out in the Ute Mountain Reservation for a while. I was their public defender for the CFR court. And even though I'm not a tribal member, I do understand some of the little things. And it's like, oh, okay, I get that. And right. it's, fu- it's fun to kind of understand something that's not my culture because I'm, I'm very white. You know, I don't have those kind of little idiosyncrasies, and I like it. So <laughs> so that just came in uh, via text message. Oh, my God. Couldn't, that couldn't be crazier, the timing on this. Yeah. Go ahead and read the tweet. Yeah. Uh, the Wilco frontman tie-in has significantly <laughs> improved upon marcus mumford's original and the tweet is jeff tweedy covered the ted lasso theme but what just what? we've literally crossed the streams Holy the shit. universe is ripping <laughs> into parts that's a real thing that actually just happened some rick and morty shit just that's ridiculous sure dude uh <laughs> yeah that's fucking awesome uh but it's becoming a thing definitely joe watch it you will love it it's the most I just love little cute shows like that. I do sometimes. too. Ones that make you feel good. Yeah, I do. Man. I like that and too. And this, he is so lovable. Jason Sudeikis is so fucking lovable. You want to hug him and you want to hang out with him and you want to listen to him talk and he's fucking brilliant. Um, right. You sold me. I'm okay. Check it out. For Perfect. Sure. I can. I think. What's it on? I can think of. Uh, it's. What is it? Apple. 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 TV. Apple TV. <gasps> if you can't get, tr- just talk to me. Well, Bobby's <laughs> got a secret. <laughs> I, back. I, got, I got you. Bobby's <laughs> got a secret bunghole entrance. To Those are my favorite. Hello. Hello. They're my favorite. Hello. So Hi. Jill, I don't know if you are a listener, but we usually do this little thing toward the end of the show where we like to impart a touch of wisdom. Okay. Um, if you don't have anything wise to say, <laughs> you certainly don't have to. Sean was here for years. <laughs> <laughs> we call it clutcher pearls of wisdom. So, okay. And so it's our opportunity to either be uh, very um, self-aware and maybe say something that we wish we could have say, said to somebody at some point or something that we can acknowledge happening that is um, a little bit more on the growth side of things. Um you know, uh, and I'll, I'll leave that as is. We'll save sure. Jill for last so she can get the timbre. So I guess it's time. It's time to clutch our pearls of wisdom. Clutch your pearls. Uh, mine'll, mine's quick. Uh, I learned a lesson yesterday <laughs> about age. 
and you just can't keep up with these young ladies. You can't. <laughs> Bobby um, broke his hip. I'm pretty sure my hip's dislocated. Uh, I'm going to definitely need chiropractic care and some sort of harness. Harnesses. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been limping around all day. So I. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a thing. Um, that was brief. Good for you. But that's because you can't think I, of anything else through the blinding pain of your hip. Between <laughs> coughing fits and... <laughs> you geriatric fuck. Yeah. Um, mine's easy. It was going to be one thing. It was going to talk about uh, people um, appropriating styles of speak for their benefit, but I won't do that. I thought about another one talking to Bobby. Um, we have uh, sometimes a problem receiving help. I have a friend of mine that uh, we almost got into like a like a shouting match yesterday because I was trying to explain to him how I'm trying to help him. And he was so resistant to it, subsequently called me today and apologized and realized that, you know what, maybe I should be more open to help. Um, it's hard for us, especially as we get older. We think we know everything. We've done everything. Um, and it's very difficult to get help but we all need it that's the shitty rub right um but when somebody offers you help that loves you and is close to you um you don't have to take it but you at least have to give it a thought you you owe it to the people you love to at least take a moment to think about what they're saying to you um they're probably doing it for a reason and you don't have to take the help but you at least got to you have to entertain the thought for the people that you love to allow them to help you because it's an important part of uh, being alive, even when you're an old fucks like us. I like it. Uh, I will say for me, something that's been really on my mind very heavily for at least the last year is uh, there, in my opinion, is a very concerted effort to uh, push a division. And I think that sometimes whenever we ascribe to a certain belief, uh, we have a tendency to put blinders on to being objective. And that's something that I think we need to be very mindful as a civilization to not lose sight of objectivity. Sometimes we are absolutely dead right. And sometimes we end up not being right. And that doesn't mean that, you know, there's anything wrong with your belief. But what it does mean is when you start to cut people out of your life because they don't believe the way that you feel or they don't say the things you say or they don't do the things that you want, I have to ask what the long-term effect of that is because at some point in time, everybody might not agree with you. And so you can't cancel everybody. So I would just say, you know, as we're going through this time, I think we're getting to a good place with it, but just maintain your objectivity and um, be kind to people. Everybody's going through things regardless of what they believe. We're all going through a difficult time. And I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, trying to educate in a polite way. And then ultimately, if they get rude, then you can tell them to go fuck themselves. But prior to that point, trying to listen, understand, and even if you don't agree, get to a common ground. And I think that's important to me. And I appreciate being here with you today and having that today. So thank you. Oh, likewise. Right on. Thank you. Thunderous applause. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. And in summation, fuck the green light weekend. Well, legal. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, by the way, uh, we do yeah. outtakes at the okay, end, so this is going to be good. <laughs> hold on. I don't know. Hold on. Speak in an Italian accent to me again, one of you two. Give it to me. Just like the stereotype. 
Hey, remember when we was over there doing read, that stuff read, for read things? Read my line so I can hear you. Well, legalized gambling okay. has fucked okay. all of that up. Okay. Well. <laughs> God damn, I get to it. <laughs> you went into Tanya Tucker. Well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to say it straight, and then I'm going to say do it. Do it. Okay. Well, legalized gambling has fucked all of that up, but I want to do gambling. No, I can't do I only do Southern. Fuck. Well, legalized it. gambling has fucked all of that up. So at Uncle Tiny's Sportsbook, we are changing the game in a huge way. Okay, that, that was, was perfect. Solid. Do that again. 